everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Um, today I'm in Ephrata, Pennsylvania with Matthew Landis, who runs Landis Computers. Why don't you just introduce yourself, give like the 30-second edition, and we'll, we'll dive on in. Okay, well, I'm Matt Landis, as you said, owner of Landis Technologies, and also a pastor at Calvary Mennonite Fellowship. The, this episode is going to be focused a lot more on social media and as, as Mennonites, how do we perceive that? Um, and so really, in the last 10 years, 15 years, there's been a, just a flood of social media apps mm -hmm. and websites. Um, define what social media is, just a little bit of detail there. Yeah, well, when computers first came out, they were not very social. Uh, they were you know, very technical, and you didn't think of them as something where people are using them to connect. But that has really changed. Things got much more easy to use, and all old media, like TV and radio, really, it was, you know, someone created a message and blasted it or broadcasted it at a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Whereas social media is people interacting on a social level. Mm -hmm. um, and it also, social media really has the, another, another interesting part of it is that it's user-created content. It's mm -hmm. not... You know, it's not a, a TV station creating something. It's, it's individual users creating it and sharing it with each other and then interacting on what was created. So, you know, immediate feedback. TV and radio, you, you, you couldn't talk back to it. You pretty much accepted right. what it said and, and then you were done. So. And, it's, and it's so in a way, it's kind of taking the power from a big company to the individual can say kind of whatever they want. Yeah, it, you know, TV, radio traditionally is really centralized. Hmm. A message is created, sent out, whereas with social media, it's very decentralized. You know, one, hmm. uh, you know, both the good thing and the bad thing is someone sitting in his living room, you know, can really amplify his voice, good or bad. Wow, okay, so that big change, how, how does that affect us? Well, so when, when me and you are talking together, there's not much in between us. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're talking directly. Um, but with social media, there, there's either an application, a, you know, a web, web app or a phone app that's mediating or brokering what we're saying. And so that has the, it has the ability to shape what we say. Something, you know, Facebook, for example, it has a like button, but it doesn't have a dislike button. In the last couple of decades, we've seen this massive shift. Um, what, what is a good response to this? What are some good things you have observed? Some maybe some liabilities or some concerns, um, and, and really how can we wade through this big change? I mean, in, in a sense, you could say this is the biggest shift in communication since the printing press. How anyone in the world can now go and talk to anyone else in the world instantly. What, what do we do with that? Neil Postman has said that technological changes in our modes of communication are even more ideology-laden than in changes of modes of transportation. And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, I think Anabaptists have been really sensitive to that. They have intuitively noticed that. And as a matter of fact, I have one statement from South Atlantic Mennonite Conference, and it says this, one of the most significant areas of uh, technology is in communications technology. And that is probably significantly what conservative Anabaptists are concerned about, communication technology. They're yeah. not really worrying about transportation technology or medical technology. It's not the concern point. So they, I think intuitively, they notice that, that power of communication and information technology to, hmm. to, to shape and change, and therefore they have some concern. 
um, and probably rightly if we, you know, uh, if we take into account people that that study media like Postman and others. And so what's, what's some good things that can come from this? Some good things that can come from it, uh, obviously, if, if a message can be amplified, that can be good or bad. Um, you, know, a, you know, if you can make a comment and people can hear it all around the world, if it's a good message, that, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the flip side is, you know, people's bad tendencies tend to come out as well. So it, it's mm -hmm. kind of, that cuts two ways. What what is the lesson that can be learned from this? What can we learn from it and how can we use it properly? Um, you know, in a, in a way that, that honors who we are, who we are as followers of Christ and, and at, for our heritage as well. What is something that we can start doing now that is a proper response? Well, one of the things I think we covered just slightly, but act on social media like you act in person. Providing that obviously is you're acting right in person. <laughs> yeah. But I'm yeah. thinking, you know, if you're if you're cultivating humility and you're not talking about yourself in person, be one person, whether it's in person or on social media. You know, bring that same person to social media. If you're not talking about yourself all the time in person, don't do that on social media. Now, clearly, there it's not neutral. Social media is not neutral in that. When you move it from in-person to there, there is a nudge in the direction of, you know, of revealing things about yourself. Yeah. And you need to be intentional and conscious and, and fight that what it wants. Kevin Kelly wrote a book, What Technology Wants. And Facebook certainly wants something. And yeah. you have to be yeah. aware of that you know, direction that it's pushing you and probably fight it. Just like when we live in the world, there's a direction it pushes you, but you have to fight it and you know live the right direction well and um, so some people some people say well then if that's the case let's just throw it all out let's not have facebook let's not use social media of any kind let's not use youtube um i mean i know plenty of people in the mennonite circles that have done that mm -hmm. is that is that an option or or yeah like what is the correct path then in in your view moving forward for people with these concerns what do they do with them if you look at technology, the things you couldn't participate in, Mennonites usually didn't become involved with, whether it's TV, radio to more or less degree. Um, but you know, mediums that you couldn't participate, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get involved with or step back from. But interestingly, things that they could participate, uh, things that they could create content for, they did get involved. So okay. Okay. for the for the long term, it would seem in the you know, using that kind of a way of thinking about it, that it would be the kind of thing that Mennonites likely would get involved with in the long run. And, you know, some people say, well, not Facebook, but, you know, even uh, looking at a wide expand, uh, you know, wide spread of Mennonite groups, you know, people that might not use Facebook, they'll still use email socially. Okay. So, okay. You know, yeah. The, yeah. So I, I, my thinking is that people will use Anabaptists mm -hmm. will use technology socially in the sense of interacting with others um, on a kind of social at a social level and also being able to participate in creating content. It likely will be something that they will, in the long run, work with and accept at some level. And another thing I would say is that. Mennonites have often used technology in business first. 
And a suggestion yeah. I would have, and, and there's a reason for that, and I'm not sure, sometimes it's looked at kind of dark that they do that, and I would suggest that maybe the reason they do that is because it eliminates pop culture. So it's not an area, you know, business is not so much where you're gonna see a heavy dose of pop yeah. culture, and that's why they feel comfortable doing that. But I would, I would, I would encourage, you know, if we're gonna use it in business, maybe another place to use it would be in evangelism. Um, make mm. be intentional and yeah. think about it and not you know and and there's some ways it's already being used for that but yeah new ways of doing evangelism they're they're typically when they're new there's questions about them um, mm -hmm. and I you know I don't I, I was not alive when Mennonite churches started to do street meetings but I imagine when they started doing street meetings it was it was somewhat controversial so when we shift in how evangelism is done, and it doesn't mean like overnight you, you stop doing one and start doing the yeah, other. Yeah, sure, but yeah. There, there is gonna be some, some figuring out how the proper way to do it, what the right way to do it is. I think when, when they moved from, you know, I'm not sure what before you did street meetings people did, but the reason they did street meetings was that's where the people are. You know, there's mm -hmm. people in cities, people are on the streets, that's where you can actually engage with them. And maybe a way to think about it, and not certainly, you know, not cer certainly not saying everyone needs to do it, but you know, where are people today? You could probably draw, drive down Main Street and see where they are because they're sitting on a bench looking at their phone. You, you know that is one place they are for sure. So if we want to be where they are, being there is being where people are. Thank you all for watching. Thank you, Matt, for being willing to be on this episode. That was. A lot of good stuff to think about and make sure to share the video, like it. If you have any ideas of other episodes you would like to see us do, make sure and comment those. Thanks for watching and again, thank you Matt for being part of this.